This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett. Robin, um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel uh, when it comes to Nebraska basketball. We finally um, have an idea of what things are going to look like. Um, t- the team will be you know, getting ready for their first game in, in, what, nearly a month? Yeah. I mean, they've been uh, – it's been almost three weeks, going on three weeks since they last played a game, and uh, they've been completely – uh, shut down for uh, going on three weeks now, and then uh, you know there's going to be another what another week on top of that before they actually return to action. But like you said, uh, there's at least an announcement where we know when that first game is tentatively going to be played. The plan is February 6th at Michigan State. Nebraska will finally play its first game since January 10th. So it's been a long, long month, but uh, light at the end of the tunnel. So between they had the Michigan game on Christmas, then they played two games after Michigan. Yeah, they played January second, and the uh, last game was Indiana on uh, January tenth. Tenth, and that was before COVID. It's, it's just amazing. And then, then they shut down on the eleventh. I mean, it's just amazing how out of control it got. I mean, mm-hmm. and the Big Ten with all the protocols, all the testing. I mean, it's more stringent than any sports organization, arguably in the world, as far as the testing, daily protocol. Is basketball daily? Yeah. But yeah. like, did uh, even get in the building? Now, baseball, I think, is only going to be like three times. Like, the lower sports are only doing like three. Yeah. But the, the major frontline sports, I don't know about volleyball if they're daily or if they're multi. I'm guessing they're daily. But um, it is interesting just how out of control this virus can get. And it's a reminder, I mean, how fast it can spread, even with the most stringent protocols in place. Yeah. So basically, what happened was uh, Ivan Wadrogo was the first player to get it. Uh, on the team and he missed that Indiana game um, and so from that point on I mean I think that happened earlier in the week and actually caused them to cancel the Illinois game that was supposed to be played right before that uh, and so within that week and then the next week I believe uh, almost every member of their tier one uh, personnel which is coaches um, players and then any direct uh, staff members in direct contact with the team uh, got it. I mean, I think there's only a handful of people at the tier one level that did not get COVID. And so there's been a lot of teams that have been shut down, had to pause. I mean, Oregon just paused for the second time. You know, obviously Villanova has gone through it, Penn State, you know, Michigan. But I don't know if there's a team that has been hit all at once the way Nebraska has. Like when, in the world. When you go from <laughs> head coach all the way down to staff members, like training staff and stuff like that, like, it's insane. Uh, I mean, they reported 12 Tier 1 personnel. I guarantee you it's more than that. You just would love to know how it spread and, and how fast. Why? I mean, because there's, there's protocols. There's ma- I mean, there's things that you have in place to prevent these things. Like, you know someone's going to get it, but I don't think anybody could predict that, like, literally everybody was going to get it the way they did and that nobody had the antibodies from previously contracting the virus where a lot of football programs, mm-hmm. as we know, Pretty much, ha- I mean, I won't name teams, but you, you talk to people in the Big Ten where 60 to 70% of their players either had it or had the antibodies when this before the season even started. Yeah, I mean, there were some schools that, <laughs> you know, they didn't come out and say it, but it wasn't a, a secret that they kind of tried to get it out of the way. They had their team report and then basically just did what they needed to do to uh, cycle through their virus so that they were able to be ready to go for football season. So Nebraska did not do that with basketball. In fact, you could make a case that they were too careful 
to where their guys were so isolated uh, and were they took so many precautions that, yeah, nobody had any of the antibodies. And so when they got here, you know, you're walking a really fine line where, you know, when you have a, a group of players like basketball that are together at all times, whether it be in practice, locker room, uh, on and off the court, uh, it takes just one person and everyone was susceptible to it. And it just spread like wildfire as soon as one guy got it and got inside that bubble. Well, and here's the difference, I think, with, with what football teams did in the summer. There wasn't a Big Ten protocol. There wasn't a daily protocol in the months of June and July and really for the better part of August. And so the only way you would test back then is through contact tracing or if you had symptoms or you flagged symptoms and then they isolated those guys in situations where you test every single person every single day, it's just a reminder of how many people probably carry this virus that don't mm-hmm. even have a symptom. Um, I mean, I was telling you off air, I, I after traveling all football season and doing my routine, I, I have the antibodies. I got the antibody test done last week, and I never had a single symptom. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, you know, it just is a reminder of what this virus can do without you even knowing it's doing it. Well, and yeah, I mean, I know with, with Nebraska specifically, I mean, there were guys that got it that, uh, you know, they, they went through it a little bit. I know Fred Hoiberg, obviously with his heart condition, he was a big concern when he announced he tested positive. And those first few days, uh, from from what I've been told, were, were a little rough for him. And good news is that he's doing significantly better. Uh, I, I was told that he was actually able to get back into the office uh, this week uh, to kind of get things ready to go for when they return to full team activities this weekend. Uh, but you know, there were other players that didn't even feel anything, yet they had to sit uh, for, you know, a week to two weeks in isolation in a hotel room by themselves because they tested positive. And so, I mean, just the varying degree of how this impacts anyone, whether it be high-risk people symptomatic, or, asymptomatic. or, you know, perfectly healthy D1, you know, high major college basketball players, you know, there's no rhyme or reason for how this impacts people. And so now the issue for Nebraska is, uh, they're supposed to be, like I said, return to team activities this weekend. Uh, all the players, uh, from what I've been told, are expected to be cleared and ready to return to work uh, by the end of the week. And so uh, then the issue is, yeah, you were able to get everybody cleared and ready to return to practice. What, if any, lingering effects are there going to be? I mean, obviously, like I said, these guys didn't do anything for at least you know two weeks uh, when the, the shutdown. There was no full team activities whatsoever. Uh, hardly any workouts done. So there's that reacclimation, and then you know you got to deal with any lingering side effects that uh, a certain player or two might have uh, from you know their their experience with the virus. So it's it's going to be a very interesting next six weeks. And then you add on top of that, Nebraska is going to be jam packing games. Uh, you know over basically like fourteen or fifteen games in the span of 31 days, I mean, that's going to be a, a grind to begin with, let alone having to try to navigate you know, any lingering effects from uh, what you've been dealing with the past few weeks. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. Now, Robin, give us an idea of what this is all going to look like, because I think, you know, human nature's like, well, there's no way they can get all these games in, <laughs> but they're going to get them all in pretty much, aren't they? They're going to try. Uh, but one thing that we <clears throat> do know, you know, I know there have been talk about with conference tournaments, would they potentially uh, try to either reschedule those or uh, cancel them all together? Uh, from, from what I've heard, the Big Ten is fully planning on playing its full conference tournament as planned. And so that begins March 10th with the first games. And so, I mean, there's not going to be much wiggle room at all to push back any games uh, any further than what's already been done. And, 
you know, Michigan right now with their situation, not being able to do anything per, you know, state, state government mandate. Uh, I mean, what kind of impact is that going to have? And so I know that, you know, Nebraska's to get to a full 20 game schedule, uh, they still have 15 more games to play and the likelihood that all 15 of those games get played before March 10th seems unlikely at this point. I know there's already one, um, you know, I reported this earlier this week that that Penn state game, uh, I don't remember the exact date on it, but the, the second game against Penn state, they already, the first one was already postponed. That's already being discussed as maybe getting canceled altogether because of some scheduling conflicts on Penn state's end. So, I mean, they're already talking about chopping games off. Uh, and with the fact that they're not going to have any wiggle room with pushing back the conference tournament, that gives you a hard deadline for when these games need to be played. And, Every day that the things keep happening and more postponements happen, uh, that window gets closed uh, more and more. So are we looking at essentially about seven games every two weeks? Yeah, I mean, I mean in theory. I mean, basically, like, give or take a game every three days. And there's some... So the like, first game is February what? Sixth. And then the final scheduled game is what before the tournament? Uh, March 7th, I believe. So, so, yeah, you're looking at essentially a month to get 14 games in. Yeah, and so right now, I'll tell you, they've there's three games that we know are confirmed, and that's the the February sixth game against ben, at Michigan State, and then two days later they're going to Minnesota, so they're not even going to come back home. They're going to basically go from East Lansing to Minneapolis, and then three days later they're at home against Wisconsin for a four p.m. tip on a Thursday. Hey, good good for your <laughs> exactly. uh, personal life. You won't have to work late. Exactly. So those are the games that are locked in. After that. Everything's up in the air at this point. I guarantee you there's going to be constant movement. Games are going to get bumped up a day, up back a day, a uh, couple, couple days uh, all across the conference as they try to piece this together. And uh, I guarantee you the Big Ten is going to prioritize certain matchups, uh, especially with teams that are surefire NCAA tournament contenders. Uh, and you know it's probably a reason why Penn State Nebraska is already being talked about getting canceled because neither of those teams are really in the mix. All right, well, it will be interesting to follow. It's going to be a puzzle. It's going to be week to week, and Robin Washett is on top of it over everyone else. So make sure you follow Robin here on HuskerOnline.com. When we come back, we'll close the show with some recruiting talk. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.